Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. We are back with part two of our five P's of leadership. And uh, if you haven't listened to part one, we did that a few weeks ago. And so for just filling everybody in the five P's, it starts with people, perseverance. And that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And then today we're going to talk about perspective, preparation, and present being present. And so these are things that we feel like are, are attributes and things that leaders uh, you know, when they put a lot of time and, and effort into these things, and then uh, it allows them to be the best that they can be as leaders. And hopefully you can learn a few things through this. Uh, this is a presentation, part of a presentation that I gave down to all the college coaches at the college coaching convention down in Naples, Florida for all the D1, D3 men, women club, all that. Um, you know, every year we go down for that convention and uh, I gave this presentation a few years ago. So uh, I'm really, really excited to dive into this one. Leadership is something that we love to talk about here on this podcast. Uh, today, again, it's going to be about perspective, preparation, and being present. So before we do get to that, though, let's bring on the talent of the podcast. A one, Jeffrey Lavecchio. Bex, what's up today? What's up, peeps? Happy to be here. Toph and I just got off a really cool podcast, a 90-minute banger. It's been a minute since we did that one that long. Um with uh, some firefighters. So that was super fun talking specifically about leadership. So we're already uh, warmed up, ready to go for you. So get into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if you are a firefighter out there, I will do it first before you vex. But uh, again, thank you for everything that you do. First responders are, are people that Jeff and I have just so much respect for. And, and so vex, I believe you have a deal with uh, some first responders for some of your stuff that you have on train heroic, right? Yeah, yeah. Any firefighters out there, first responders, EMTs, police, military, active or retired, um, you know, I, I offer training at super discounted rates or even I'll send it to you for free. So uh, if you ever want anything from me, just uh, DM, DM me at, uh, on Instagram. It's at Jeff Lavecchio, the hot guy with the blue check mark. <laughs> you know, as you're saying that, I was like, DMBM? <laughs> direct message more be more wow, <laughs> that like should be that. your new slogan wow. that's going up on the wall in your gym next wow that's <laughs> dangerous that's for the slayers out there <laughs> <laughs> oh god i like it um so yeah I'm, I'm excited to get to this perspective uh perspective and preparation and present the last three p's of the five p's of leadership but first i, I want to talk about something that i think is really important and uh, for those that listen and, and follow me on, on social media and stuff, they know that I'm doing these mentorship calls now and they've been going awesome. I've had so many people reach out to do these mentorship calls um, where you can just uh, go online, go to the hockeythinktank.com. There's a work with me page, click on it. And uh, whether you're a parent, whether you're a, a player, whether you're a coach and, and you want to just sit and talk for an hour about whatever issues you have or some things you want to you know, chat about, um, I'm here for you. And, uh, I had a, I had a mom reach out to me who has kids that play hockey and she's also in the mental health field, um, psychologist and, and deals a lot with kids and, and mental health. And, um, what the hell are we doing in youth hockey and youth sports in general, you know, like what the hell are we doing? And I think everybody that listens to this that's involved in youth hockey needs to take a really big look in the mirror right now and think about the environment that we're putting our kids in from a mental health standpoint. Forget about making the NHL. 
you know, forget about being on the super team, forget about all this other stuff. That's all we talk about when it comes to youth hockey. I want everybody to take a second and I want you to think about the environment that your kids are in as it relates to their mental health. And then I want you to think about if that environment is conducive to a positive mental health experience or a negative mental health experience. Because the way that youth sports are nowadays and talking to a mental health professional yesterday really made me, oh God, what did it make me? It made me sad. It made me pissed. It made me, um, you know, we talk about our why. It, it, it made me that much more fired up to do this podcast and try to make some positive changes in this hockey world that we're living in. And like, what the hell are we doing? When you think about the environments that we're creating with the super teams and the constant games and the early pressures or the early professionalization and the pressure that we're putting on these kids from such a young age, what the hell are we doing, guys? It's a lot. In all seriousness, what the hell are we doing? We got, we got to get back to using sports, especially at the younger ages, to do what I think they were always intended to do for youth sports like use sports as a metaphor to teach you know life skills and resiliency and mental toughness and dedication and teamwork being a part of something bigger than yourself you know like all these different things responsibility like let's get back to really focusing on that stuff a hundred percent and like what what are we doing i mean hey like guys like let's be upfront about this there's a mental health epidemic in our kids today it, it ain't good. You know, we're coming out of COVID where people have been locked in their houses for a couple of years. Like that certainly didn't help things. Um, and, and the, the environments that we're putting our kids in in youth hockey from the triple a 18 year olds, 19 year olds, junior hockey, all the way down to like, honestly, like the younger kids and like the tier two stuff, the tier two stuff should be, I'm a, I, I love playing hockey. I just like to play hockey. There's no other added agenda. So like these are kids that should be playing because they love the game. And like the way that us as adults are, are treating this game at the youth levels, we need to freaking check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. That's a saying, right? I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, honestly, like it, it was really interesting having the conversation from a mental health perspective and, and what we're doing and the environments we're putting these kids in is like, it's not conducive to, to the kids' mental health being, positive and 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 healthy so i just like i i i beg everybody listening to this podcast that's involved in youth hockey to really reflect upon what we're doing here and and if you're a parent like what environment are you putting your kid in um because like the mental health of our kids right now like it from like a macro level like it ain't it ain't roses and and so these mental health um, initiatives and, and these mental health professionals, I mean, they're so needed now. And, and so I just, I really want people to take a step back and think about this from a mental health perspective. I know I've said that a lot already, but like we need to do it. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I don't think anybody should get it twisted either. That doesn't mean be soft on kids. That doesn't mean be easy on kids. That's not what he's talking about. Getting back to, to, making it actually about the kids first and foremost. And I think, you know, in our perspective, how it should be done, like teaching them those life lessons we talked about, holding them accountable to those types of things, not getting mad at little Johnny and benching him the whole game and screaming at him because he did something wrong. Yeah. At 10, right. Like, like, you know, we just got to get back to be it. Think about why you're coaching and, Think about why you're putting your kid in hockey and then just start parents start, you know, asking for that with, with from the organization. We're looking for coaches that blank, like, you know, that do this, that focus on this and the organizations like start, start setting, you know, guidelines and like overarching principles that you want focused on within your organization, because too many coaches are just do it their own way. And, you know, not focusing on the things that, you know, the whole organization has deemed to be the most important things. So I just, I don't know. I think we just need to go back to the basics. Yeah. Get back to the why, like why, if you're a parent, why do you put your kids in youth sports? Is it so they can play in the NHL? Is it so they can win a, a, a state championship at Pee Wee A? 
you know, no, we put our kids in sports so they can be healthy physically and they can, you know, make friends and they can learn life lessons, you know? So if you're one of those parents out there, that's behind the scenes, putting together these super teams at, at nine years old, like figure it out, figure it out. You know, I, I wish like, it's not like this in Chicago. Like I wish they would just draw community lines, you know, and you play for your damn town district five, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, yeah, it was funny. Like I had a, another conversation with somebody who is a newly, newly uh, a hockey director here in Chicago coming out of playing in, 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 uh, in professional hockey. And, and he called me and was like, what am I getting into? And I was like, how much time you got? <laughs> you know, here's, here's the pros, here's the cons, here's what you're going to have to deal with, man. And, and, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not, I don't know, man, we just, we just really need to, I, again, I'll just go back to it. Like, let's, let's look at this from a mental health perspective right now. What kind of environment are we putting these kids in at a micro level? If it's your kid and at a macro level, if you're running an organization or you're coaching a team, like, come on, like, let's figure it out here. <laughs> we got new microphones <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're still hot <laughs> so okay i just wanted to go through that uh before we get into these these last three p's of leadership before we do get in the last three p- three p's of leadership also want to thank gel sticks our title sponsor i'm getting through these quick here today because i want to get right into this uh um gelsticks.com coupon code think tank one word you know the drill train heroic Download it on, on your phone. It's an app. Get Jeff's um, Jeff's workouts. They're awesome. Thousands of people are using them. IceHockeySystems.com. Go there. Associations tab. You can get it for your whole organization. We're talking about youth hockey. If you don't have this, like you're missing out. You, if you're a hockey director or a coach, like you need to, you need to get this. It's going to help everybody in your organization. And Cure Nutrition, a CBD company that I recently started working with. Uh, absolutely love them. I've been taking it for seven months probably now. Uh, helps my brain stay healthy. So my code with them, if you're looking to try some CBD, curednutrition.com, code GMBM, obviously. Not DMBM? <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, okay, and then thank you to all the listeners. And we love you guys. Absolutely love you guys. Uh, we're not going to read a review today. We're getting right into it, but we'll get back to that next week. Uh, we want to we wanna get through this here. And uh, again, leadership is something we'd love to talk about. Such an such a necessary thing. And again, just getting off another podcast call with, uh, with two, two people who lead a fire department out there in in Colorado Springs. Um, this is paramount. Like if you want to set yourself apart, like if you want to, let's say, make yourself marketable in the real world, if you are a leader or have held leadership positions and, and you have learned these kinds of lessons, you are going to be way ahead of everybody else. Like leadership is something that we don't talk about enough. I think leadership is something that all of these businesses and companies are like desperately searching for, you know, for, for leaders. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm really excited and pumped to talk about this. Vex, you ready to go? Ready to hit her? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So first thing we're going to talk about, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this on you for a second here. I'm going to give you a quote. Okay. I'm going to give you a quotarski. And we're going to talk about perspective. Okay. And I think, I think the best leaders in any field, but specifically in sports, uh, they have an ability to have perspective with what they do. And, and I want to go a couple different ways with this, but first what I want to do is I want to read you a quote and I want to know what your thoughts are after this quote and what it means to you. Okay. And the quote is when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Very powerful quote. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. What does that mean to you? Wow. Uh, I mean, it's a perspective quote. You know? it's, it's <laughs> That's why I started the perspective part with that quote. I, I mean, it's, it's like uh, being grateful. Uh, I think right away I think of that. You know, I think that we've talked about um, – that what's that saying throw a saying back at you quote back at you uh comparison is a thief of joy you know and we talked a lot about how hard it is for kids i think or how it's harder for kids now even than it was for us um because the internet was just like still in its early stages when we were going through juniors and midgets and stuff like that uh which makes me just feel so old saying (laughs) that sentence Oh, oh my God! What happened to my youth? No. By the way, um, by the way, in our last podcast with D Mike, 
Um, so we talked about Fazoli's. I had like at least 10 people reach out to me who played <laughs> or coached junior hockey that were like, God, I miss Fazoli's. My oh, hoop doesn't God. though. It was on <laughs> yeah. fire every time we ate there. But my God, those breadsticks, Edna. She could slang those breadsticks. Breadstick, Edna. Uh, she was probably like ninety-five back then, so she's definitely over the rainbow. But Edna, if you're listening, thanks for all the sticks. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, back to perspective. Um, Donkey Kong is a very good game. No. Um, <laughs> on one we've been talking so long today sorry <laughs> sorry guys this is gonna go uh, off the rails here tonight <laughs> get back to perspective um comparison is a thief of joy you know so like if if you know you had a great season and you're super pumped and and then you start comparing yourself to other guys who had good seasons around the country and maybe they're getting invites to camps or they're getting this or that like you know, you start comparing yourself, like, come on, it doesn't matter. Everybody's journey is different. Your journey will not be the same as the guy next to you, the guy 10 miles from you, hundred miles from you, a thousand miles from you. So keep focusing on you, baby, and use perspective as much as you can. And you know, I'd walk a thousand miles if I can just, I can just see, see you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> My kids actually love that song. The girls, we, we, uh, Vanessa Carlton, that's an oldie, but a goodie, right? Um, okay. So I want to add to some of the stuff you're saying. So when I do this presentation, um, I show two videos and I think one of the great things that perspective can do is it can kind of reiterate to us exactly where we're at in the world, like the bigger picture world. Right. Um, because we're so especially high achievers and coaches and, and, you know, high achieving athletes or people in business or w whatever walk of life you're in, we're so singularly focused on kind of like our journey and what we're doing. And a lot of times that's, that's a big positive, but that can also be uh, a deterrent, I think, to success because, um, you know, it can add pressure. It can, um, it, it just, it doesn't allow you to see the bigger picture, which I think is a pretty powerful thing. Right. So I show two videos and the first video is from Barry Trotz and anybody who's listening to this, it's a hockey podcast knows who Barry Trotz is the guy who, uh, won the Stanley cup or coached the Washington capitals, the Stanley cup a few years ago. And, um, Barry Trotz has a son with down syndrome. And the video is basically Barry Trotz saying like, I'm a better man. I'm a better coach because of the perspective that my son gives me, you know, and, and, um, when he has some tough times or there's some challenges that you're going through or that he's going through, like, you know, his son with special needs is, is somebody that can give him a lot of perspective exactly on where he's at and his big, big, big problems don't seem so big anymore. And he can focus on them in the light that you should be focusing on, on your problems. You know what I mean? And, and I feel the same way with, with my brothers, Max and Jake, who have special needs. They've given me a lot of perspective in my life and made me a better man. And when my problems are what I think big, I, I don't think they're that big because I've been blessed with some things that, that they're never going to be blessed with, you know? And, and so that kind of perspective can just make us better as people. And when we're better as people, we can be better at what we do. And it just uh, allows you to kind of know where you're at. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, it, it, it's everything. And once you start living that way, you have more, you're more content, you're more fulfilled, you know? A hundred percent. And, you know, I've, I think I've told the story before, but you know, one of the like seminal moments of my life and one of the biggest you know, like teaching moments of my life is, you know, I, I grew up with uh, a family that did pretty well financially. You know, my grandparents started a business from the ground up that did really well in my formative years from like eight to let's call it 14, 15 years old. And then, <laughs> then it <laughs> went, went into the grabber. But anyway, like at, at, at one time, like my grandparents, they had a house in Florida that they lived in for half the year. And we would go down there every Christmas to, to spend time there. And every year my grandma would um, take us to a shelter for kids that had been taken away from their parents because they were being abused. Um, and we would go kind of play Santa, right? Like we would go and, and bring them presents and, and things like that. We would play with the kids. A lot of them were younger kids, you know? So it's just, it's like heartbreaking, honestly. But again, like my grandma, like she did that for a reason. It was to obviously we're giving back, but also to teach us a lesson and give us some perspective 
on on where we're at in the world and and how privileged we are with with the things that we have and and i still I, I still like i take that with me and i have that thought in the back of my head with everything that i do where it's uh you know it's just a perspective can be a powerful thing and again like when my problems i think are really really big they're really really not that big there are people going through a lot tougher stuff. There are people way more resilient than I am uh, in going through some of the struggles that they've been going through. And, uh, and I think when you can open your, your heart and when you can open your eyes to, to what the world is really like at times and see some things outside of your bubble, it's just a very, very powerful thing for your own personal development. And, and I think we need to do more of that. And I think, you know, I, I think really good leaders intentionally do things to provide their, people that they're leading perspective, you know, like we used to always take our, our guys at Cornell to a school for kids with special needs. And it's always funny because the conversations going to that school is like, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're the big tough Cornell hockey team. We're the studs on campus. Like we're going to do this service for, you know, for, for these kids and stuff. And then the conversations afterwards, when you have them with the players, like those players got way more than the kids did by the perspective that those kids gave them, you know, they've been dealt a really, really tough hand at no fault of their own. And they live life like they live life to their fullest. And obviously they have challenges and it's not easy. And, but, but, you know, again, it, it, uh, it, it humanizes this, just the, 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 the world and, and puts it in a bigger perspective. And even like to, to break it down to like a daily level and not even go so heavy with it and the importance it is, you have a bad shift, not a big deal. You got a, you know, you got a million more. You've had a million before. You're gonna have a million left, depending on the, your age and your career, and you know, whatever. But like, you're gonna have more. So like, you got, you got to lose it. You can't let it stick with you. You had a bad practice. Learn from it. Figure it out. Be better tomorrow. But it's not the end of the world. You get healthy, scratched once, twice, ten times. Like you're still gonna wake up tomorrow, and you still have an opportunity to get better. So it's like, you know you've got to respond in the right way, but also like, remember that like everything has a life cycle and that bad day, the sun will go down. It'll come up the next day and it's a new day to go and crush it and get better and, and all that stuff. And don't let the day before the bad stuff weigh you down, learn from it, which means you immediately got better. And then boom, you're a better person, better player the next day. And you can go out there and work on getting better again and say, you get knocked down again that day, be resilient get better. You got time on the clock, wake up tomorrow and get better and just continue to do that. And you're going to take steps forwards if you do that. I love it. I love it. Um, so I want to talk about the next video that I show in, in the presentation and the videos from coach K coach Krzyzewski, uh, for people who don't know, uh, one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time coaches Duke basketball actually doesn't anymore. I think this year was his last year actually. Um, but he shows, um, or there's a video from a documentary that they did on them on ESPN. And the speech that he gives is be as tough as your mother. Like that's the speech that he gives his players and he's kind of like not mocking them, but he's kind of like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of times where you're going to think you're tired. You know, there's a lot of times where you might not want to come to the gym. There's going to be some times where, you know, it's going to, you think things are going to be really tough. And he was like, right. Be as tough as your mother. We ain't as tough as our moms. My mom never had a sick day. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, my mom never had a sick day when it came to being a mom and she could have been throwing up having the flu but she had to take care of us. She had to put food on the table. She had to get us off to school. And my mother never had a sick day. Be as tough as your mother. When you think that, you know, you're sick or whatever, like it's, it's not a time where you want to put the work in. My mom never got an off day of being a mom. She was always there. And that's what he was encouraging. me. And it's just another, it's a perspective thing. Have some perspective with your problems and how big or small that they, that they may be. And yeah, it's, it's just another, it was just a really cool speech that he gave the players where it's like, you know, the, the gym, this should be your sanctuary. This should be the place where you go to, to have fun. And, but it comes with the work and, and you, you need to realize that this is, this is not real problems when it's a, a tough day at the gym. Never had an off day. God, my mom never had an off day. You know, I constantly look back and I'm like, man, what you do is really hard. What you did was really hard. Like, that was a lot of work. <laughs> and you don't even have kids. <laughs> I have kids, dude. I just see it. I'm like, wow, what a hole. No, <laughs> like, wow, that is, that is some work. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if and you so, haven't heard our, our episode with our moms, it was in our first year of our podcast to this day, it's still top, top three, top five for me of one of my favorite podcasts I've ever been on. Yeah, me too. A hundred percent. So yeah, just the, those perspective things are, are really good. So, okay. So I want to talk about now, like, how do we get perspective? You know, like how, how it's not just like, Hey, perspective is a great thing, but how can we get that in our own lives? And how can we teach that, you know, with the people that we're leading? And I think one of the biggest, the biggest ways that we can have perspective is empathy. Empathy is something that our world needs more than ever right now. We live in a world where we're in our one track silos and all the information we're getting is from one kind of like way of thinking. And we are really failing as a culture to, to have empathy for people that disagree with us, to have empathy for people that are going through struggles. Um, and, and, you know, as a leader and as a coach, I think one of the most powerful things that you can do to get perspective, especially with the people that you're leading, is to put yourself in their shoes. And it's something I've really tried to do a lot more, especially coaching younger kids now is okay. Like when I was 16, what was like, what was I going through? What were the things that I was thinking about? What was, what was my overall kind of thoughts on life? Because that translates a lot to what's going to happen at the rink when you want to develop hockey players. Right. And, uh, um, you know, I think the more that we can put ourselves in other people's shoes, the more perspective that we can get in our personal relationship with that person, which will allow us to connect with them that much more. And, and ultimately that's what we're doing is we're, we're trying to build those relationships so we can get the most out of people and, and build that trust, you know, so having empathy and putting yourself in those people's shoes, I, I think is something we need to do a lot more of as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, shifting your lens is is going to make you see things from a different perspective obviously when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change boom <laughs> boom roasted world yeah i mean it's it just allows you to find commonalities with whoever you're talking whether that's coach to player player to player player to coach you know what a player to ref coach to ref like whatever it is and you find that common ground and then you start from there and you can build the relationship and, and build trust and things like that. So it's, it's massive. Totes, totes for sure. And, and I remember I was watching um, uh, one of those like all access, like inside the locker room type shows on the Pittsburgh Penguins at some point a few years ago. Right. And, and this was, I had had kids at that point and uh, I think it was Mike Matheson. He um, had just had a kid. And so he was like, you know, going through new parent things. And for every parent that's out there knows that the first year of a kid's life, like is as a parent, it ain't easy <laughs> between the lack of sleep and just figuring life out and, and trying to keep this little human alive. Like it's so difficult being a parent, especially at that age. But then you think about it, right? Like imagine Mike Sullivan as a coach or Todd Reardon as a coach, the, the people who are there, you know, by, by getting to know your players and, and kind of seeing things from their perspective, imagine like not knowing that off the ice, this guy was like going through being a new parent and how big of an effect that has on his overall <laughs> just well-being and, and energy levels and, and, and everything like that. Right. And, and you take what you have outside the rink to the rink. It's impossible to just drop everything and be the best that you can be as a hockey player without having any, you know, any thought to, to what's going on in real life. Right. So that one really kind of hit me, especially as a new parent. And, and it's like, imagine not knowing that that person was a new parent and, and just treating this person like, why don't you have energy today? Or hey, you should probably give this guy a day off so he can go sleep or just things like that. You know, just like knowing more about and, and having a better perspective about people will allow you to lead them better. Yeah. It reminds me when I was playing in Norway, uh, one of my teammates, one of the other captains on the team, he, uh, he just had a new baby. And at first he didn't tell anybody that the baby was colicky, like the worst colic baby ever. Sure. This thing never stopped crying. So he's like, after a while, like his, his play was kind of suffering a little bit. And I remember, you know, having a meeting with him and like the coach talking to him and I was like, dude, this guy's sleeping like 30 minutes a night. <laughs> like, yeah, of course, all day long, the baby's crying all night long. The baby's crying. So like, you know, we give him some days off. Actually, coach and I talked like, what should we do? And like every now and then give him an extra day off to go take a nap. Cause like, and imagine how died. far that would go. Imagine oh, as a player, yeah. how far that would go to, for the coach to like, 
know that and and respect right. that. Oh and, yeah, dude. He was a after that he was a warrior. That was in the beginning of the year. Then just an absolute warrior, just eating every friggin' shot he possibly could <laughs> all game long, you know. And uh, yeah, it was, it was wild though. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So having empathy for people, putting yourself in in other people's shoes, getting to know people, and getting to know what's going on in in their lives. You know, just the more information you have, the better you're able to coach and lead people. And so I think it's a really powerful thing. The other thing that I think is really important when it comes to gaining perspective is gratitude. I think gratitude is like if if you so Vex and I, we you know, watch a lot of motivational videos, we follow a lot of motivational people on on social media and stuff. And for people that are high achievers, I would say a hundred percent of them talk about gratitude. In, in how important that is to their own success, you know, and gratitude gives you perspective because you become thankful and grateful for the things that you have rather than being spiteful or envious of the things that other people have. And, and Vex, one of the people who, who I follow a lot is, is Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins big line is you cannot be grateful and fearful at the same time. You can't be grateful and fearful at the same time, right? So when we're, we're thinking about the things that we're thankful for or the things that we're grateful for that we have in our lives, um, it, it, it kind of like allows us to not be fearful and of putting ourselves out there. And, and that's what's kind of like the, the killer of us all, right, is like that fear of failure. <laughs> and so when, when we're grateful for what we have, and that's another thing, and, and when it comes to being grateful, and I talk about this a lot with the kids that I do team building with, and I think it's one of the most powerful points that we talk about, and, and I ask the kids question about this, is we live in a comparison culture right now, right? Social media, rankings, websites, all these different kind of stuff, like we live in this comparative culture right now. And especially on social media, right? So I've told this story before, but like I have, I have three daughters, Paige is five, Lucy's two, Celia's 10 months old. When I go to take a picture <laughs> of the three girls, let's say it takes two minutes to take one good picture, right? So we go through, we say, all right, girls, we're going to take a picture. Paige is pulling Lucy's hair. You know, Lucy is looking this way, you know, Celia's crying, whatever. It's a complete gong show trying to take a picture of three girls that are five years old and under. But after two minutes for one second, you snap the picture because all three of them are actually looking at the camera and all three of them are actually looking like they're smiling. Right. You know, so you take that picture and you put it up on social media and it, you know, and then, and then you look at the comments. Oh my God, those little angels. Oh my God, your kids, they look, they're so well behaved. They're so cute. Oh my God. A minute 59 of the two minutes was an absolute disaster. You know, like we put this stuff up on social media, like that shit ain't real life. It's not real life. And so right. as kids, like the, the, it's not perspective, you know, like as kids, we're looking at in our comparison culture, we're looking at everybody posting all this awesome stuff, these awards that they're getting and the friends and the parties and all this kind of stuff. And then like, we don't have all of that in our lives. So we think like we're, we're less than, you know, we're, we're, we are searching for something that is not real. And that makes kids depressed. <laughs> that makes it's this comparative culture that we have. Like, that's why we see a lot of depression and anxiety in these kids nowadays is because, you know, like what they're seeing on social media, that ain't real, you know? And, and so that's where like perspective and gratitude, like if we have gratitude for the things that we have in our lives, rather than being fearful or feeling less than for the things that we feel like we should have, how much how much better would our mental health as a whole be, you know? So, so take some time to get some perspective through gratitude, because when we really think about it, there's a lot that we have to be grateful for. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you have the means to have a phone <laughs> and a data plan, and you're probably in your car and you're driving to your job. Like that's, that's more than what a lot of people in this world have. And so again, big problems, little problems, like what are our problems? You know, we, we think these problems, but like, Hey, like we're, we should be grateful for the things that we have in our life. And I think that the leaders that can instill that, you know, in, in the people in their companies or their teams, it's just a powerful, powerful thing that goes back to what you always talk about, which is your why it goes back to your why. 
And um, yeah, so I think anytime we can have gratitude, it just gives us perspective on where we're at, just like we were talking about with like doing things for, for the less fortunate. Um, and it just makes us better people and allows us to be better at what we do. I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> I love it. There you go. Okay. So, um, and then the other thing that I have written down that I want to talk about when it comes to perspective, it is something that you talk about all the time. It's not, I have to, it's, I get to, that is a huge perspective, like little Miyagi thing. That's the biggest Miyagi mind trick that I have to use on myself on long days like this one right now. (laughs) Um, yeah, dude, like, like immediately it goes from something that you know, you got to do something late or you're tired and eh, I don't want to do it right now. And it's like, it goes from being like this, like weight. And then it's like, you shift it and you flip it on its head and you put your thing down, flip it and reverse it. Yeah. Great tune. Um, and, uh, now it's like empowering. Like when you get to, it's like, it's an opportunity. I don't you know, that, have that's to do I the dishes right now. Man, I get to do the dishes right now. You know, but, like as weird honestly, as that sounds, dude, honestly, like that's that might if that's what you got to do, man. That's what you got to do. Like, oh well, you know, five years ago I couldn't afford sick dishes. Five years ago I couldn't afford this house that I'm doing the dishes in. Yeah. Like whatever you got to say to yourself, you know, like I have to go to practice today. You know, I have right. to go to the rink for a three and three, uh, right. you know, for like the professional players. No, like I get to do this. I get to. I could be wearing a suit in an office, wanting to punch myself in the face <laughs> repeatedly. No, I get to play this three and three on game 80. There you go. So, okay. So like all in all perspective is a powerful thing and, and leaders try to find a way to, to give the people that you're leading perspective and and get perspective yourself on the people that you're leading as well. Have some empathy, have some gratitude. Um, and, and I think it goes a long way to, to building good leaders and building good cultures at the end of the day by, by having that perspective. Um, okay, so we're going to take a tiny little break here. We're going to be professional right now. Should we be professional right now? I think you just blew that out of the water and was asking <laughs> if we should be professional. There we go. Okay, so we're going to be professional right now. We're going to take a little bit of a break and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back (laughs) for the fourth P of leadership. And the fourth P of leadership is preparation. Uh, Great leaders are prepared. Great leaders are prepared with what they do. Um, And we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff when it comes to preparation for for leadership. Um, But the first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to being prepared is, let's think of this from a player's perspective. You have the ability to do that because somebody is pushing you outside your comfort zone, right? Like you have a mentor or you have a coach that's pushing you to, to, to new limits, not letting you take days off as coaches and as leaders, we don't have that, right? We don't have that. And it's really interesting in, in this next phase of life that we're in right now, me and the hockey think tank and you with ripped and what you're doing, we follow a lot of these really high achieving entrepreneurs, people that are like the best in their professions or high achieving athletes and stuff like leaders. They have coaches that push them. And a lot of what they're being pushed upon is having a plan and preparing for what you do. So I want you to talk a little bit about that because, you know, this is something that both of us are doing with people right now, doing our, our personal coaching and mentoring with people. Um, both of us have had coach, like I've hired a coach for the hockey think tank to help me kind of get things off the ground and hold me accountable. Um, Matt Calderoni, we've had him on the podcast before as mental skills coach and, you know, has helped me to, to do a lot of different things. Um, but you know, when it comes to this, like how important do you think it is for like all of us to have somebody, you know, pushing us? 
Dude, it's it's massive. I mean, I think I, I liken it back to when I talk to parents about why I do like group training and I'm like, well, if I line your son up on the line, I tell him to run as fast as he can. He's going to run really fast. But if I line up his buddy five feet behind him and I say, don't let him catch you, he's going to run faster, you know? So it's like that accountability piece. It's, it's massively important. So, you know, having somebody that's there to hold you accountable and and do what's necessary and stay dedicated because motivation is it's amazing and it's awesome but it's also fleeting so to to keep you on that dedicated path living with purpose to get you towards your goal it's it's very important for sure for sure and and i think the biggest part about it and this is what leaders need to do you know and you have to do it with yourself too is you have to set standards and you have to set expectations it's one of the most important things you can do in your preparation for your season or, you know, the next quarter, if you're in business or whatever it may be, you know, you need to set standards and you need to have expectations. So everybody knows exactly what's going on and everybody knows the standards to which they need to work to. And that, that could be different for, for any different team or any different organization. But at the end of the day, having that one thing to fall back on, you know, having that thing that everybody knows what to expect and, and how to behave, how to act, how to work. Like leaders are very, like the great leaders are very prepared and are very upfront with the people that they're leading on those kinds of things. They always set the tone for the culture. And, you know, the people that fly by the seat of their pants, like that never really works, does it? <laughs> you know, the leaders that fly by, like the, the best leaders have a structure to what they do. And, and they have a, a standard and they have an expectation that they need to meet themselves first and foremost in leading the way and setting the example. And then they have that. So everybody knows exactly the way that they need to do things within their, within their team. And those expectations can be short-term and long-term. Like you need the benchmarks, you know, like, like think about it, like in the gym, you don't just start, if your goal is to squat three plates, whatever, that wouldn't be my goal. Why would I use that? I hate squatting. If your goal was to dumbbell bench a hundreds, right. You don't just pick up the hundreds and start ripping them. You're like, okay, where am I today? All right. So the expectation is by the end of this summer, my goals and my expectations are blank at the end of next summer, I'll try and get there. And then there, and then there, you know, you work up and you, you get better and you better and you hit your benchmarks so that you get, um, closer and closer to goal every time. So it's constantly evolving and you have short and you have long. And then somebody needs not only yourself, but like accountability, buddy, coach, mentor, you know, resiliency coach, like a Matt Calderoni, whatever it is, like talking to them about what's going on. Where are you currently? Where are your goals? How do you get there? Yeah. And there's a plan, right? There's a plan. And, and as a leader, you have to have a, a plan for yourself to how to get the most out of yourself first and foremost. And then you need to have individualized plans for, for all the people, you know, that, that you're leading. And, you know, we're a hockey podcast. We talk about like every player should have an individualized plan uh, about what, how they can be the best that they can be. Here are certain things that they can do every single day that can help them get that 1% better here. Maybe are some of the distractions that we need to eliminate, you know, to, to be able to be the best that we can be. And, and, and it's all about intention. That's a word that I know you love and hold near and dear. Like when you have intention for what you do, yeah. a lot of that comes down to preparation and just putting in the, the work at the beginning to make sure that there's a standard set so people can be the best that they can be and they can hit those standards every single day. Every day. And it needs to be known what's expected. You know, you can't, you can't be held accountable if you don't know what's expected. And that's yeah. where we've talked about like end of the year meetings with, with coaches. You know, I specifically remember one, and I've talked about on the podcast multiple times where, you know, I asked a question during the season and I was like, is this expected of me? Like, is this what you want me to do? And the coach was like, no. And then end of the year meeting in front of the assistant GM of the NHL team, he was like, why didn't you do this more? And I was like, wait, what? I literally asked you specifically in black and white language, yeah. is this what you want me to do? And you said, no. So, you know, it's, 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 you have to have. Is that coach still coaching in like high level hockey? Uh, yes. Yes. But Interesting. a different level. Yes. Great dude. Great coach. Um, but sewage. You know, you. Maybe got, maybe got nervous in front of the, 
in front of the GM. You know, I, maybe he forgot the conversation. Like, I don't know. But I clearly <laughs> remember being like, hey, if you want me to start throwing fists more, like, I'm not going to win them all. But if that's what you need me to do, then I'll do it. Just tell me. No, no, no. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. All right. Because I was fighting like a couple of times. And it wasn't, it was, you know, I think maybe like five fights in like yeah. 60 games or whatever. And I was like, I got scratched after playing an unreal game. I'm like, dude, what more do you want me to do? And I will do it. Just tell me, do I need to start fighting more? And he's like, ah, you don't got to do that. Sewers <laughs> <laughs> so me end of the year meeting. I'm like, whoa, dude, I literally asked oh. you 25 games ago. If you want me to start throwing hands more, I'll just start jumping guys. Crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. But, but so like, you got to have the standard. What is, what is, expected of you so then you can hold yourself accountable if you hit it don't hit it exceed it and then you know you you reevaluate reevaluate reassess and make new goals <laughs> i see goals. and i assess the situation <laughs> i see and i assess the situation <laughs> if anybody knows what that's from your friends would tell yes absolutely um okay another thing i want to talk about when it comes to this and and this was a really interesting one and again it goes back to a video that i uh that i show when i do this presentation and the video is of Kobe Bryant, uh, RIP Kobe. Uh, Kobe Bryant is talking to Alabama football. So Nick Saban invited him in to, to talk to the, to the team. And his big thing that he talked about is you have to edit your life. You know, every so often you have to edit your life and think about um, basically like your preparation for being the best that you can be. This is a guy that was maniacal about his routine, about his standards, about the way that he did things. And he had like this you know, just like unwavering work ethic and preparation for every single thing that he did. And that's why Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant, you know? And so, you know, we talked about like editing your life. And I think as leaders, we're talking about leadership here. It's something that we have to do all the time. And we have to continually like edit our plan for how we're going to get the most out of ourselves and how we're going to get the most out of, um, you know, the people that we're leading. And, and this is something that I've talked about on this podcast recently, because I've really had to edit my life over the past couple months, because I've left a, a job and in, in youth hockey, and I'm now doing the hockey think tank full time. And I had to figure out and still have to figure out how to edit my life so I can be the best that I can be in this new venture <laughs> that, that I'm doing. And what I have discovered through a lot of reflection and through a lot of just like trying to learn from people who are the best is like structure is gold and you have to have structure to your day. And so like, I, I'll liken this to like when I was a college coach, right? Like if I go back to being a college coach, I would set goals every day on how many phone calls or texts I would need to send to junior coaches, midget coaches, or potential players that I was going to recruit. I have to, I have to do 10 a day or I have to do 15 a day. And I'm going to set some time aside for my day where that's going to be my time to do that. And I'm going to write it down and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check that off. I'm going to set some time during the day where I'm going to do my video. My players are going to know from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. that my door is wide open. And that's the time. If you have some questions, you want to do a meeting, you want to watch some video, like that's the time for, for you to come in and, and talk to me. Like your time is valuable. I think, and, and that's, that's a mistake that I think a lot of us as leaders make. And I think the mistake comes from very good means. And I'll just talk about myself, right? Like I always said, like the player comes first, anything that the player wants, anything that the players need, I'm going to take whatever I'm doing, I'm going to drop it. And I'm going to attend to the player, which I think is a very noble thing. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people would do that, that want to be good leaders or, or are good leaders, right? But what does that do? When I drop everything that I'm doing, what I'm doing is important and what I'm doing takes a lot of time. <laughs> and so if I'm dropping, you know, what I'm doing to, to tend to a player and let's say that meeting ends up going for an hour, I'm going to have to pick up on that work that I, that I was doing at some other point. And that's going to take away maybe from my family time, or that's going to take away from my practice planning time, or that's going to take away from some administrative stuff that I have to get done. You know, and I have a deadline to, you know, get a scholarship request in or whatever it may be. Right. So I think just like being prepared and being structured with your day on what you're going to be doing, setting goals, writing it down, checking it off, those are things that can make us better as leaders and, and of more service to the players that were late. Like, if we're, like I think about it, like the, the example that I gave, if I told my players, Hey guys, like 
my time is valuable. I have a lot going on. You're the most important thing to me, but I'm going to set aside this time of day, you know, where it's all about you. It's all about you. Here's are the, here are the other things that I need to accomplish throughout the day. I got to do video. I got to do pre-scouts. I got to do, you know, administrative stuff. I have like all that. I have to do recruiting calls. You know, these are things that allow me to help the team be better. And I need time to do that. So here's my time that's allotted for you. I will do nothing else. If you walk into my office, I'm dropping everything that I do. Here's the time that's for the team. You know, my video, my blah, 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 blah. Five o'clock to nine o'clock. This is for my family. Like I'm putting my damn phone away and I'm going to be present with, you know, my wife and my kids. And I, I, I think as leaders, we can do a much better job. Again, it kind of goes back to perspective. Like leaders are grinders. Most of them, most of them got to a leadership position because they worked really hard. They were good at what they did and they grind and they grind and they grind. And I think a lot of college coaches, and this is what I talked about in the presentation too. I think a lot of college coaches and professional coaches, and junior coaches, and probably you know, youth coaches and stuff like work really, really hard. We're really, really good at the day-to-day -day just grind. That's why we're good, you know, but I don't think we're very good at taking a step back, you know, and, and big picture planning and how can we, how can we be the best that we can be? How can we edit our life? How can we edit the, the life of our program? How can we edit the life of the players on our team? I don't think we're really great at that because we're so focused on the grind and it's really good. You know, that's gotten us to these leadership positions. Um, so again, it goes back to it, edit your life, if you can find a way to prepare with some structure for your day, prepare some structure for, for the people that you're leading. I think it goes a long way into getting the most out of everybody else. Wow. I feel like I just talked for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, but man, like I honestly think the only reason I, I have been, I was successful in hockey to the degree that I was, you know, whatever that is um, was because I was very structured, like, mm -hmm. and that came from my dedication like, like stupid, like when I played from juniors, when I learned like what structure meant and how it could help me, um, which it did immensely from my, what I would do before practice every single day, the same stuff over and over and over, obviously evolving year after year as I learned more, but the same stuff before every practice, the same stuff before every game, you know, the same mindset stuff, the same everything over and over and over just monotonous like relentless uh uh attack on the small details because i just knew that that was making such a big difference over the days months years you know um and it all came from structure like dedication led me to being structured because i found that that worked the best for me and got the most out of my tools um so i lived a very structured life um which is why I was able to play for 10 years and get paid to play hockey for 10 years. You know, I love I just, that. There are guys who can be more flowing with it and be less structured. Um, but even within that, a lot of those guys have like some structure to their malleability to their, <laughs> you know, jelly like structure, <laughs> whatever. I don't know what you want to say, you know, like they're able to be free flowing, but within some semblance of a structure, like, okay, on these days or these nights, I can do these things and, you know, just kind of like whatever I want, but there's still know that there's like pockets of where time to be serious, time to be loose, time to, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, structure having structure really allows you to have fun with other things, right? You know, like when you have structure to your day, you're way more productive with what you do and you get more done in less time, which allows you to do other things, right. <laughs> you know, that's right. the biggest thing. And, uh, kind of what you're talking about, I think, um, one of the, if you haven't watched it, go to YouTube and watch an NHL. They used to do this thing called NHL 36, where they would follow around like a star player for 36 hours. And, uh, one of them that they did was on Nick Lidstrom. And I'm sure everybody knows Nick Lidstrom was the greatest, um, defenseman of, of all time playing for the Detroit Red Wings. And they followed him around and Mike Babcock made a comment about Lidstrom on why he's so great. And the comment was like, he just enjoys the mundane. He just really enjoys the mundane of what a professional hockey life is, you know, getting up at the same time every day, having the same routine before practices, having the same routine before games, you know what I mean? And, and uh, the people who can enjoy that, like what you're saying, and, and it's not easy to do that. You know, it's, there's times when you go on a strain, it's okay to stray every once in a while, but I think to be really great at what you do, especially as a leader, you got to be consistent with that, uh, just that routine and that, 
preparation of your day and, and how you go about setting your goals and, and holding yourself accountable to hitting them every day. Yeah. And, and that's why not everybody can be Nicholas Lidstrom or that's why there's only one Michael Jordan or, <laughs> you know, whoever LeBron, because not everybody has that level of attention to the details that make them, them compare combined with their genetics and work ethic and all that types of stuff. But like, that's why it's hard to be successful because you got to do a lot of things over and over and over and over and over repeatedly really well. And that is not easy, but it is doable. And if you really want to be great, you know, you, you got to start doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and so in summation, I, I think when, when we talk about coaches being prepared, I think we always talk about it in the sense of like, they're prepared with their game plan, you know, for, for the other team, like this coach is really prepared. And then there is definitely some, um, some merit to that. I think that's a, a lot of coaches who are prepared um, for with the stuff that we're talking about also are, are prepared with their game plans for the other, uh, for the other team. But, you know, the way that I like to talk about it and particularly in this presentation that I've given is like, you have to prepare yourself and you have to prepare the people that you're leading to be the best that they can be. And how can we do that? Uh, okay. With that, let's, uh, let's take another little break, little break ski, and we will be back after these messages. And we're back with the last P, and that is being present. Being present is something that as a leader, oh man, like it's a powerful, powerful thing. And, you know, we're going to go a couple different ways with this, but Vex, I'm going to hit you with the quote. Another quote ski. Head away. Okay. Wherever you are, be there. What do you got for me? Love it. I think that means be present. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, live there, live in the moment, be there, you know, take it all in, get soak up every ounce of everything you can out of where you are at that moment in time. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, when I talk about this and this is something that's really hard, like, honestly, like just the way that we're wired as humans, it's really easy for us to like, kind of like live in the past and beat ourselves up about mistakes or, or something that you wish you would have done differently and, and kind of beat ourselves up about it. You know, I think a lot of people do that. Um, and, and I think it's really, really easy for us to, to be anxious and stressed about the future, you know, something that hasn't happened yet, something that's completely out of our control, but for whatever reason, it's really hard for us to focus on the present and here and now. Right. It's like, it's something that we don't do enough. Um, and it's something that I, I think leaders are really good at. I think again, wherever you are, be there. Like if I'm in a meeting with a player, my attention is on that player. If I'm doing video and I'm, I'm pre-scouting another team, my attention is on that other team. And, and I think that's really hard to do now with just how many different, especially with phones, man. Like how many people, and I'm sure people out there who will empathize with this, but like you're doing something and then you consistently like check your phone. (laughs) So it's like, wherever you are, you're not really there. Uh, I mean, like, I even do that when I'm watching hockey a lot, you know, like I'll be watching a game and and then I'll like, you know, check Twitter and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to watch the game. And then I'll just like throw the phone across the room and I'll enjoy watching the game, <laughs> um, you know? And so I just think being present and, and I think if you can be present, like we always talk about focus on the next rep, focus on, if you're a coach, focus on that next meeting, focus on that next phone call, focus on that next, you know, presentation to the team, focus on that next video session. Um, but also enjoying it, you know, it's not just like focusing on that, but also being present and enjoying it for what it is. And so I think having the ability to be present with what you're doing as a leader is something that's a powerful, powerful thing. What are your thoughts? I I totally agree. And I think that this goes into like one of my favorite sayings that was absolutely ruined a few years ago, but like YOLO, I love that saying, man, you only live once and, and like wherever you are, like be there. Cause you only live once. You don't know if you'll ever be back there. You don't know if you'll ever be doing what you're doing again. Like particularly, you know, hockey, if we're talking about hockey, like you don't know. And, and I, this is why people always ask me why I sellied so hard when I scored. That wasn't something <laughs> I did my whole life. Honestly, it happened. What happened was I got hurt my first year juniors. I lit up preseason. I think I led the Omaha Lancers in scoring in preseason, which obviously means nothing. Um, my first year juniors. 
and I didn't score until game 31. I want to say 29 or 31, my first year, zero goals. My, I think I had two assists up to that point. Um, and I scored in go- game like 31 and then I got hit a freak weird accident, tore my groin off the bone from getting checked into the boards really hard. And I, that was the first time I'd ever been injured at all, like in my life in hockey. And that's what led me to working out. Uh, I thought about that hit. I was like, God, that was a painful hit. It, it same, <laughs> same rink you got hurt in, in Green Bay in the USA. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like almost like a month after you or there's the year after you, I can't remember. But anyways, um, so I didn't play hockey for the rest of that year. I didn't have a chance to score a goal until, you know, I wasn't going to score in playoffs that first year. I wasn't good enough. wasn't playing enough. So I didn't score a goal from like December of that, my first year of juniors until preseason the next season. And I just went nuts when I scored. And I still remember Hastings showing the video and like, he was really happy that I scored. And uh, when he showed it, he made a joke in the, in the video meeting too. It was something like that's, that's a pure celebration right there. That's a guy who hasn't scored in a long time. <laughs> and I think it was a breakaway that's tri city. Yeah. In, in preseason. And I sallied like, like it was my first goal of my life. And from that preseason game on, you know, I scored a lot of goals relatively over the, you know, from that until I retired at 32 and every goal, I literally, and guys are like, why are you selling so hard in practice, in games? I'm like, I learned at 17 that you never know when your last goal is going to be. So every single goal I scored, whether it went off my skate or I sniped, it didn't matter. I was like, yeah. Because you never know when that last one is going to be. You never know if it's going to be your last game. You get an accident walking out of the rink, you know? You never know what's going to happen. So, like, be present, live in the moment, enjoy the moment, get everything you can out of the moment because you never know what's going to happen in an, in a minute, in an hour, in a week, in a month, you know? And so it's it's really, really important. And honestly, like, that's just how I live my life now, like one day at a time, trying to do as best as I can today, obviously with like goals and stuff in the future, but it's like, I'm gonna do everything I can today to absolutely wreck my day. And then I'll try to recover from that. And <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. Wreck your day. Yeah. Woo! I don't know if I've heard that one before. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I think I said that before, didn't I? I was that on this one or was that on the fireman's podcast? I think that would have been the fireman's one. Um, but yeah, man, like just having the ability to really be be where you are, you know, and and uh, it is. I, I unfortunately that is a difficult thing. And and you more than anybody, I'll ask you the question. Like you at the beginning and the end of every single one of your workouts, you set intention. And yeah. you, you visual, you do visualization with the guys. And that's, that's basically what you're doing is you're bringing the people to the here. And now, why are we doing this? You know, let's, let's be here for this hour together. Let's get better. And, and then we'll go on with our lives for the other 23 hours of our day. Exactly. Like pull yourself into this space and let's F this gym up and get yoked. <laughs> yeah. Goal. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, I think you know, just, just having the ability to be present yourself, you know, and, and, and like as leaders, again, we go, and even in relationships with what we're doing, whether it's with our, our spouses or with our kids or, or with friends, like how amazing is it to just, or like, I should, I'll go the other way. Like, imagine you are a player and you're talking to your coach um, and your coach is looking at his phone every 10 seconds you know, or it will go the other way. Like you're a coach and you know, you're, you're having a meeting with the player and the player is taking out his phone and checking it. And that's a bad idea, <laughs> bad idea. Right. You know? And so I, I just, it's, it's a way it gets really hard for us to be present. Just the way that our like kind of human nature is inside our body. And then the way that like our kind of like social fabric is with the phones and with all the information that we can be getting and being entertained at, at all hours during the day. Right. Um, it, it's, it's difficult to be present. And I do this, like when I do the team building with, with the kids, um, I, I ask, I ask everybody, I said, okay, I want you to raise your hand. If there's something in your past that you kind of beat yourself up about, and you can't really like, it's tough for you to kind of let go like 95% of the people raise their hands. Okay, now raise your hands if there's something in the future that kind of eats at you, something that hasn't happened yet, something that um, kind of gives you a little bit of stress or anxiety, you know, that, that you're, that's not in your control and doesn't make you feel great. 
everybody raises their hand. 95% of the people raise their hand. I go, okay, now how many of you focus on the here and now when you're, when you're somewhere you, you like really put intention into being there and like nobody raises their hand, <laughs> you know, it's uh it's, it's tough. So being present. And then the other thing that I do in the team building is, you know, I ask the players, I say, like, what do you, why do you play hockey? You know, why, why do you play hockey? Well, it's fun. I love it. I enjoy it. You know, that's the way of what everybody stands. says. <laughs> the babes in the stands. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody pretty much says it's like, we, we enjoy it. That's why we love playing. And then I ask, I ask them, I go, okay, what are you thinking about when you come to the rink? How many of you guys are thinking about that when you come to the rink? What are you thinking about? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm nervous about what practice is going to be like. I'm nervous at looking up at the whiteboard and, and what line I'm going to be on. I'm nervous about what kind of mood coach is going to be in and how that's going to translate to practice. That's what every, every hockey player that's listening to this, that's exactly what they were thinking about when they came to the rink every day. So and, true. Yeah, right? And, and so I asked them, I say, what if we change that? And we think about, man, I get to come to the rink today. You know, this is the, I'm able to be present and, and do what I love with guys that I'll run through a brick wall for. What if that's what we thought about when we came to the rink every day? How powerful would that be? And it's so funny because all the players, especially on the college teams, right? Like they look at each other and they're like, oh man, that makes a lot of, yeah, yeah. Like that, that, yeah. <laughs> both ways, you know, both ways. It's like, oh God. Yeah. I think about that stuff all the time when I'm trying to, you know, when I'm coming to the rink and then, oh yeah, that would be so much more healthy if I thought about being there and being present when I get to the rink. And it's just a really funny exercise that I do with the players. But it's so true. And that's also perspective. It all ties together. Five P's. Oh, it's like a circle. They're not in their silos. <clears throat> it's like a circle. <laughs> not a square. A but circle. A circle. <laughs> All right, man, this is, this has been great. I, I love talking about leadership. Um, it, like reach out to me with this stuff too. Like I love, I love talking about this with anybody that wants to, um, you know, I have team building techniques and I, I do, um, obviously I do this and, and, you know, you can hire me to come and do team building, whether it's, you know, present with the team, uh, in person or, um, or virtually I've done a ton of those as well. So you can work with me on this, this stuff, but if there's certain things you want to implement and you don't feel like you want to do that, like reach out to me too. And I can give you some activities and I can give you some, some things to do with, with the teams that you're coaching or, you know, the, the teams that you're leading in business or whatever it may be. So um, I, I love talking about this stuff. The five P's of leadership it goes back to it. The last podcast was about people and about perseverance. This one about perspective, preparation, and being present. And uh, Vex, to, to take her home, what do you got to end this thing? Do all those P's and you're going to be a way better hockey player, a way better person. So do the P's. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody. We hope you get a lot out of this podcast here on leadership. We hope we can give you some things that you can use with the teams that you're leading, or even if you want to, to just be the best that you can be at what you do. So uh, we hope you have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, we will see you next week.